Alhamdulillah. Today is the 11th of April in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 20th blessed day of the holy month of Ramadan. And I've reached verse 27 of Surah Maida. So inshallah today going through up to and including verse 29. So verse 27. Recite to them in truth the narrative of the two sons of Adam. Behold they each presented a sacrifice. It was accepted from one but not from the other. Said the latter, be sure I will kill you. Verily said the former, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does accept the sacrifice of the God-fearing. So here now, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He's now turned to the narrative of the sons of Adam. So what's the link? So Shaykh Maududi in his commentary, he explains, the story of the two sons of Adam والسلام, has been related here to reproach the Jews in a subtle manner for their plot to kill Rasulullah and some of the companions. So, again, going back to verse 11 of the surah, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed, O you who believe, call in remembrance the favor of Allah when certain men formed the design to stretch out their hands against you. And I mentioned that this was in reference to the Bani Israel who tried to kill the Prophet, drop a boulder upon him. So Shaykh Maududi says, <coughs> the Jews are being reproached here, subtly. The similarity between the two events is obvious. The Jews plotted against Rasulullah and his companions for the same reason for which the erring son of Adam والسلام, had slain his pious brother. The Jews were jealous of Rasulullah and his companions because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withdrew his favor from the people of the book and bestowed it upon the unlettered Arabs just because the former lacked piety and the latter were God-fearing. Instead of considering the matter coolly and considering why they had been condemned, and making up for their error, which had brought the wrath of Allah upon them. They plotted to kill those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed them with favors. And they did so in spite of the fact that they knew it well that their evil reaction could not win the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but would make them even more condemnable than before. So simply put, the sequence, the reason Allah mentions this is because he's rebuking the Jews. Because the similarity is they tried to kill the Prophet and the son of Adam killed his brother due to the same reason, i.e. jealousy. <coughs> so now, with regards to Adam So a question is posed. <coughs> so first the hadith. In Tirmidhi number 3148, Ibn Himan number 4308, and it's Sahih in As-Sahih number 1571. Our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, On that day, 
there is no prophet from Adam down, but he will be under my banner. <coughs> so the Prophet said, every single prophet starting from Adam will be under my standard on the day of judgment. Some people query, why did Adam need to be a prophet when he only had his wife and children to teach and guide? So it's a good question. Prophets are sent to guide people, but he only had his family. The answer to this is that we will see that Adam lived a thousand years. It is conceivable that during this long life, he had numerous children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. His offspring must have become thousands in number. Thus, he had a great nation to lead and guide, and this would surely require a prophet. So the problem you have is you're thinking at the beginning. He's a prophet. He's only got his wife. Who is he going to preach to? And the response is, you're not looking at the bigger picture. By the time he left the world, there was thousands, tens of thousands of children of his. But was he a Rasul? Adam was the first prophet. Nuh who came a thousand years after him or so was Rasulullah's Anas radiyallahu alayhi the Prophet sallallahu said, The first Prophet who was sent as a messenger was Nuh This is in Ibn Asakir Daylami and graded Sahih in as sahih number 1289. So the Prophet clarified it. So we have no difference of opinion. The Prophet said the first Prophet was Adam. But the messenger was Nuh, the first messenger. So now Adam There's a few things which are worth mentioning about our illustrious grandfather. So the first, there's a report. So this narration is in Tabarani Ibn Hiban, graded Sahih in As Sahihah number 2668. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Adam was a prophet spoken to. Between him and Nuh were ten kurun, and the messengers were 315 in number. So in this Sahih Hadith, the Prophet said he was a prophet. He was spoken to, and between him and the first messenger, there was ten kurun generations. And there were 315 messengers in total. In another hadith, in Tabrani, in his Kabir number 11,361, our beloved messenger said, The most favor of the prophets was Adam. The most favor of the prophets was Adam. So this is a hadith. So does this mean that he was the best or the most honored? And the answer is, of course, the Rasulullah was the most honored. So what does this mean? Aftalul anbiya'i Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam. And the response is, he was the father of all the prophets. So obviously nobody has that honor except him. So when you say he was the most honored, every single prophet, he was the father. Right? So what great honor can there be? Ibrahim was the father of the prophets, but there were prophets before him. So he wasn't the father of all the prophets. So this is one explanation here. But whatever the case, what a tremendous honor 
even to our illustrious grandfather, Also, <coughs> when he passed away, in Ibn Asakir al-Bidaya, Atarahmatullah said, when Adam passed away, all the creation wept over him for seven days. Subhanallah. When Adam passed away, all the creation wept over him for seven days. So think about that. How much did they love Adam for seven days? Everything was weep, every single creation. So now turn into the verse. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, Recite to them in truth the narrative of the two sons of Adam. So who were these two sons? The two sons of Adam والسلام, were Habil. He was the younger one. In English, Abel. And Qabil, the elder. In English, his name is Cain. Cain was the elder Abel the younger, the righteous and innocent. Presuming on the right of the elder, Cain was puffed up with arrogance and jealousy, which led him to commit the crime of murder. So simply put, who was the one who was evil? The eldest. <laughs> the eldest son of Adam, Cain. But the pious one was the younger one. And because of his age, he also thought he had rank over his, his brother. <coughs> so now to add details. Imam Qurtubi in his tafsir, volume 6, page 101 of the English translation, he states, there is a slight disagreement about the sons. Hassan al-Basri, rahmatullahi said, they were not the sons of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam. <coughs> There were two men of the tribe of Israel of whom Allah the Almighty made an example to illustrate the envy of the Jews. They had a quarrel, brought offerings, and such offerings only took place amongst the tribe of Israel. So this is a, a view. Hassan al-Basri said, these aren't the sons of Adam. These are the Bani Israel. Ibn Atiyah said, this is strange and weak. How could the form of burial be unknown amongst the Bani Israel? So they would imitate a crow. The truth is, they were Adam's actual sons. So when you go further on into the into the verses, they didn't, he didn't know how to bury his brother. So how can the Bani Israel not know how to bury the bury? They must have been told that. So this is again, it was a strange or weak, unacceptable view. This is the position of most commentators that Ibn Abbas and Ibn Umar said that they were his sons. They were Qabil the elder and Habil the younger. Qabil offered a bundle of wheat because he was a farmer and he chose the worst of his crop. Then he found some good grain in it. He removed and ate it. The offering of Habil the younger was a ram because he was a shepherd and he chose one of his best sheep. Just straight away I'm going to mention why they were offering a sacrifice. <coughs> so the sacrifice of Qabil, he gave the, you know, the most worthless product, sabzi. But the best part of the sabzi, he kept himself. <laughs> the younger brother, he was a shepherd. He gave a ram and he gave the best. So look at the contrast in the sacrifices. The verse says, it was accepted from one of them, but not accepted from the other. 
Imam Kuzubi said, accepted means the ram was raised to paradise. So what happened? The ram that was offered by the young Habil radiallahu, it was raised to paradise. The ram continued to graze in paradise until it was used to ransom the son of Ibrahim. Subhanallah. So what happened? The first sacrifice, it seems that either it was sacrificed, it came back to life, or whatever the case, it was taken <coughs> to paradise. It was grazing for thousands of years. And then many years later, Ibrahim والسلام, when he was in a slaughter, his son, that same ram came back, it was replaced. Sa'id ibn Jubair said this, Rahmatullah When Habil, the youngest sacrifice, was accepted because he was a believer, Qabil, the elder who was an unbeliever in terms of ingratitude, he said out of envy, are you to walk on the earth with people thinking you are better than me? I shall kill you. So now why were they offering sacrifices? Imam Qurtubi said, Rahmatullah and this is also in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir, Hassan Hadith. It is said that the reason for offering this sacrifice was that Hawa used to bear twins, a boy and a girl, except for Sheath, who was born alone. To replace Habil, he was called Hibbatullah, the gift of Allah. Because when he was born, Jibreel told Hawa, this is the gift of Allah to replace Habil. So stop in the report. Look how beautiful this is. Always twins. So when Hawa got pregnant, Radiyallahu, always twins, boy and a girl, boy and a girl. There was one exception. Sheath. Sheath was born by himself. Why? Because he was the only prophet of God who was the direct son of Adam. Why is he called Sheath? Because he was a gift. Why was he a gift? Because the younger son had been killed. So Jibreel told Hawa to comfort her. This is to replace your son. He's a, he's a better replacement because he's going to be a prophet. On the day Sheath was born, Adam was 130 years old. Which means he was still very young. Why? Because he had 870 years left. <laughs> the male used to marry a female from another pregnancy. Was not allowed to marry his twin. So this was the Shariat. You can't marry your twin sister. But you can marry your sister. Qabil's twin, the elder, was beautiful. Her name was Iklimia, Aklima. And the twin of Habil, the younger, was not as beautiful. She was called Layuda or Jumila. When Adam wanted them to marry, Qabil, the elder, said, I am more entitled to my sister. The father, والسلام, commanded him. He didn't obey. He rebuked him. He would not be restrained. So they then agreed to offer sacrifices. This is according to a group of commentators, including Ibn Mas'ud. And he related Adam was present at the sacrifice. So what happened? <coughs> the elder wanted to marry his twin. Adam said, you can't do that. He argued. He goes, no. So then Adam said, both of you offered a sacrifice. Whichever one Allah Ta'ala accepts, he's in the right. So this is where the sabji came, right? So the elder got sabji at the best himself. Allah Ta'ala didn't accept it. There was no fire from the heaven. The younger brought the ram, Allah Ta'ala accepted it. So now 
who's told the elder Adam told him not to pursue it Allah has now confirmed did he listen? no he didn't also how many pregnancies did Hawa have Imam Qurtubi said in his tafsir the total number of the children of Hawa was 40 in 20 pregnancies the first was Qabil the elder and his twin Iqlimia was the and the last was Abdul Mughith. Then Allah Ta'ala blessed the children of Adam. Ibn Abbas said Adam والسلام, did not pass away until his descendants numbered 40,000. That's why he was a prophet. So before he left the world, he's 40,000 sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters. It goes on in I don't know how far he went down the line. But these were his honorable children. So the verse then says, if you look at verse 27, it was accepted from one, not the other. Said the latter, be sure I will kill you. Verily said the former, Allah Ta'ala only accepts the sacrifice of the muttaqeen. So now there's a report here. So this narration is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Kathir, Hayat al-Sahab, Abu Darda, Hakim al-Ummat radiyallahu said, if I am told that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted the acceptance of one of my du'as, then I would have loved this more than the whole world and all that it contains. Because Allah ta'ala said, and he recited this portion, إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلُ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Allah ta'ala accepts the sacrifice of those who are God-fearing. So Abu Darda was saying, if Allah answers any of your du'as, you should realize that you are a good person. Allah Ta'ala is saying that he accepts from those who are God-fearing. So now to add details. Ibn Kathir, rahmatullah, in his tafsir, volume 3, page 152 of the English translation, he relates, Abdullah ibn Amr, radiyallahu anhu, said, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Habil was the stronger of the two men. So who was killed? The younger? Well, he was stronger. So don't get this impression that the older brother dominated him. The younger brother was stronger and he willingly gave his life. Why? So there's a report. So this narration is in Bukhari and Muslim. The Prophet sallallahu he said, when two Muslims fight each other with their swords, both the murderer as well as the murdered will go to the hell. They said, Ya Rasulullah, it is correct for the murderer, but why is the murdered going to hell? Rasulullah said, Innahu kana hadithan ala qatli sahibi. Verily, he had the intention to kill his friend. So when two people fight Muslims, the one who get kills, the one who's killed, he goes to hell, the Prophet said, and also the one who's killed. Why? Because even though he didn't, he was killed, he wanted to kill his brother. Imam Ahmad relates, rahmatullah, in his Muslim, that Sa'ad ibn Abu Waqas, he said, I heard Rasulullah say, there will be a fitna, and he who sits idle during it is better than the one who stands, and he who stands in it is better than the one who walks. And he who walks is better than the one who runs. It was asked, 
What if someone enters my house, Ya Rasulullah, and stretch his hand to kill me? The Prophet said, Kun ka ibn Adam, be like the pious son of Adam. Meaning in fitna, don't get involved. Even if somebody comes to kill you, he goes, act like the noble son. He goes, let him take the blame. Otherwise, you may have throw yourself. And this is recorded in Tirmidhi as well, and it's Hasan. <coughs> Also, so this is an important point that Ibn Kathir makes. So in Al-Bidayah, Hafiz Ibn Kathir, he recites the verse. And so, moving to verse 28. If you stretch your hand against me to kill me, it is not for me to stretch my hand against you to kill you. For I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds. So Allah Ta'ala quotes the younger Habil <coughs> So Habil Allah Ta'ala has honored him with this verse. He's quoted him. And what does he say to his brother? If you stretch your hand out against me, he goes, I will not stretch my hand against you. He goes, I fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Lord of the worlds. So now, what was the fear? So Ibn Kathir Rahmatullah he said that if you look at verse 29, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says that he said, For me, I intend to let you draw on yourself my sin as well as yours. Ibn Kathir said this means, I want you to bear the sin of killing me along with your past sins before this. This was narrated by Mujahid Sudi and Ibn Jarir. So simply put, what did <coughs> Habil say to his older brother? I want you to draw my sin on yours as well as yours. But this doesn't mean what it looks like it means. What it means according to the Salaf is, I want you to bear the sin of killing me, which is straightforward, and your past sins. He didn't say you will take my sins because you will take your own sins with you as well. Ibn Kathir said, it does not mean that the sins of a person killed pass on to the killer. Simply by virtue of his killing him, as some people might understand. Ibn Jadir cited a consensus that this is not the case. That this is a common thing that people say and is wrong. Because if a person is killed, the one who's killed, all his sins he will put on to the one who's killed him. That's not correct. <laughs> Ibn Kathir goes, goes against the consensus. He has committed a crime of killing you, which he's responsible for, and he's got his own sins that he's going to deal with as well. Then Ibn Kathir said, as for the hadith quoted by some, where the Prophet is supposed to have said, and there is a hadith, the Prophet is supposed to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the killer has not left the killed with the sin. The killer has not left the killed with the sin. This is recorded in Bazaar in his Musnad and Faidul Qadir 4-506. Ibn Kathir said it has no basis. It is not known in any of the books of Hadith whether authentic or even a sound chain, nor even a weak chain. So he goes, this is a fabrication. So some people quote a fabricated report saying that all of the sins of the one who's killed goes to the one who's killed him. It's fabricated. Then Ibn Kathir said, however, 
it might happen in some cases some that on the day of judgment <coughs> the killed one will seek justice from his killer and the good deeds of the killer will be not sufficient to compensate for this injustice in that case the sins of the killed one will be transferred to the killer as is established in the sahih sahih muslim famous hadith number 2581 so now let's put it simply what was ibn kathir saying ibn kathir was saying that the good deeds of the killer is passed on they agree to that so if you've killed somebody your good deeds will go to him to whatever degree allah taala knows if the good deeds are not sufficient then and only then will the sins of the one killed pass on to the one who's killed have you understood is a fine point there right it doesn't automatically mean that your sins are passed on because this is a mistake and ibn kathir went a great length to explain this rahmatullah uh, so now who was the one who killed it was qabil he was the first killer ibn mas'ud radiyallahu anhu that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alaihi wasallam no soul shall be killed wrongfully except a share of sin for its blood belongs to the original son of adam for he was the first person to introduce murder this is in ahmad in his musnad number 3623 with a sahih channel transmission so think about it how many murders have taken place and will take place who gets a share of all those murders the one who started it so imagine what's being recorded for him still now on his register of sins ibn kathir then says in al-bidayah at mount qasiyun north of damascus there is a cavern known as the cavern of blood which is popularly believed to be the place where qabil killed habil so I'll say that again so at the north of damascus mount there's a mountain called mount qasiyun there is a cave there known as the cavern of blood This is popularly believed to be the place where Qabil the elder killed Habil the younger. This is something that we've taken from the people of the book. Allah Taala knows best. So if anybody goes, where did that killing take place? There is a report, but it's not from our traditions. It mentions the north of Damascus. So if it's true, that shows how ancient that part of the world is as well. How it was habited. So the report, just to add, so this is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Kathir states this hadith is a is an authentic report. Ibn Abbas that the Langhuma said that the marriage was taking place, like I mentioned, between uh, the brothers and sisters, but not the twins. And then the report says, when the sacrifice of the other, which considered, which consisted of some produce, was not accepted, the latter, in a fit of rage, killed his brother so he got angry because allah taala didn't accept his sacrifice and then it was here that he struck his brother but the younger brother was stronger he didn't raise his hand he goes you take your sin the sin of killing me and also your own your own sins ibn jarid said in ibn jarid ibn kathir's tafsir when he wanted to kill his brother he started to strangle him so shaitan took an out took an animal and placed its head on a rock 
that he took another rock and smashed its head with it until he killed it. Whilst the son of Adam was looking, so he did the same thing to his brother. Astaghfirullah. So Shaitan was, you know, ringing the bell. So he killed an animal with a rock. And then the, the elder, he got a rock and he struck his younger brother. So he was strangling him, but then he struck him with a rock. And that's what led to his, uh, his death. And also, there's another thing. What day was this? So this is interesting. So there's a report. The hadith is in Tabarani as a weakness. Our beloved messenger is reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down Surah, surah Al-Hadith on a Wednesday. That's Surah 57. He subhanahu wa ta'ala created iron on a Wednesday. Adam alayhi salatu son killed his brother on a Wednesday. And I sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbid you cooping on Wednesdays. So what does that mean? So look how interesting. The Hadith doesn't say when Wednesday is an evil day. Why? Because... Surah Hadith was revealed. I mean, it's a blessing on a Wednesday. Great blessing. Uh, hadith, iron was created on a Wednesday. But then two negatives were mentioned. Adam's son, alayhi salatu wasalam, killed his brother on a Wednesday. And don't get cooked on a Wednesday. People get cooked on a Wednesday next minute. They're singing hallelujah, right? Right? So, Wednesday is a day that, you know, you don't get cooked. The safe days are Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And also, like I mentioned, the hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari, Abu Dawood, Ibn Majah, Ibn Hiban. The Prophet وسلم, he said, there is no punishment of a, of a sin faster in befalling than that of killing and breaking ties of kingship. So what did the Prophet say? These two sins are so hurtful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will swiftly take you to task even in the world. One is killing and the other is breaking family ties. Kabil did both of these. <laughs> he broke family ties. He killed his brother. He killed. So he did. So what do you think Allah is going to do? He's going to, you know, obviously instantly react. And Ibn Abbas explained when he was reciting verse 29, where he goes, For me, I intend to let you draw on yourself my sin as well as yours. Ibn Abbas explained, The sin of murdering me in addition to your previous sins. I not my sins being given to you. Your previous sins. So now just to add before wrapping up. Was the elder an unbeliever? And the answer is no, he was a Muslim. So how do we know that he was a Muslim? Because there was no shirk until the time of Nuh. So the people were sinners. They committed sins. But there was no messengers. No messengers were sent. Why? Because messengers were sent when you've lost the message, though he has been corrupted. So, even though he committed a huge crime, he killed his brother, he died with Iman. We don't call him an unbeliever, right? So we don't start saying Lanat and this, that and the other, like people get excited. We say he did something huge and he upset Adam too much. But Allah gave him something better. He gave him sheath. And he was born without a twin, right? The great sheath. And also, sheath in English is called Seth. And there's a beautiful report which mentions that Adam wasalam, in Ibn Asakir, he said to Sheath, because the nur that was within me has now gone to you. What was the nur? 
Rasulullah. So he saw it in him because Rasulullah has passed from me to you. And then he mentioned so many things to sheath about the Prophet Because I saw his name on the leaves of paradise, on the gates of paradise, on the arish of on the arish. I saw him in paradise. And then he told him, he goes, make sure you remember him and tell your people. So he was preparing it because now sheath was carrying the Prophet So note, Rasulullah always passed on to the best. So somebody says to you, who was he with first? Adam, who did he pass on to? Not even the younger. He had to be sheath because he's a prophet. And he always went to the best of the children, whoever they were. And that also indicates that his father, Abdullah, was the best of the sons of Abdul Muttar. Not Hamza, not Abbas. Why? Because Rasulullah, they weren't the father of Rasulullah. It was Abdullah. But he passed away before the proclamation of the Prophet so I'll recite the verses. And we will conclude. Audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Watlu alihim nabaabnay adama bilhaq Idh qarraba qurbanan fatuqubbila min ahadihima walam yutakabbal min al-akhar Qala la'aqtulannak قال إنما يتقبل الله من المتقين لئن بسطت إلي يدك لتقتلني ما أنا بباسط يدي إليك لأقتلك إني أخاف الله رب العالمين إني أريد أن تبوء بإثمي وإثمك فتكون من أصحاب النار وَذَٰلِكَ جَزَاءُ الظَّالِمِينَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an to the Nabi of our hearts.